the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Come Together San Diego, a new live local show on K-Praise designed to explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within our communities and beyond. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it. Now, here's your host, Bible teacher, writer, broadcaster, and lover of God, Kaz Taylor. Hello, my friends. I can hardly believe this. You are in for one of the wildest two-hour rides you've ever been on. I've got uh, a growing new friend, Pastor Ray Bentley from Maranatha Chapel in Rancho Bernardo with me. And uh, when I had the opportunity to invite him, I go, where do we start? This is a man who is steeped in Old Testament and New Testament truths. Mm. But since many of us spend a lot of time in our New Testament truths, I thought we we would swim a little bit in the Hebrew pool. Rick, yes, good to have you with us. Kaz, what a pleasure uh, to meet you, and having heard about you, the half was not told. <laughs> oh, that's very good. So my direct mails to you and my emails and my posts and things directly to you worked, huh? Yes. They, no. <laughs> no, it's great to be with you, and I think that we are uh, tracking on a lot of the things that not only God is showing us, but really we're living in a special time of divine revelation to the whole body of Christ around the world. This is, you know, what we're doing here is not unique to us in San Diego. It's being shared in the church uh, throughout, you know, Africa, Asia, the Middle East, Europe, as well as the Americas. Yes, and it's a favorite topic to you and I, and we've been steeped in it for a few decades, but a lot of the church, the, the Christian church at large, hasn't had an opportunity to dive into this because the focus has been on New Testament right. and the life and times of Jesus yes. and not the previous life and times that set up Jesus's ministry. So we're going to spend some time yes, <laughs> digging into this. I love it. <laughs> and uh, my listening friend, you need to know the, the credentials of this man, Ray Bentley. He's one of the most humble guys you'll meet, but he also is a credentialed speaker, uh, a teacher, a broadcaster, a writer, and who knows what else. I mean, some of the things have not even been discovered yet that he's going to be doing. <laughs> so... Ray, let's talk a little bit about, we're going to set the stage with talking about you, then we're going to dig into some Hebrew truths that are not only uh, biblical from the Old Testament, we're going to also talk about some Hebrew traditions, tie these all together, and my listening friend, be ready to have the scales fall from the eyes, all of us are. So, uh, Pastor Ray, tell us a little bit about what God has done to you, through you, not only where you are and what you're doing now, but the whole Israel thing and the Hebrew perspectives and things like that. Where did this come from? Well, you know, um, I got, you know, I'm a, a local San Diegan. I was born and, born and raised in East County in El Cajon, got saved at 11 um, through a Billy Graham film. And then, you know, I started going to a, a, a denominational church and grew there for a time. And then I heard Chuck Smith teach the Bible. And I was like, wow, this is where God is calling me. And, and so I went to Calvary Chapel and he basically said, teach through the whole Bible. Uh, you know, not just the Gospels and the Epistles, uh, the New Testament, but go ahead and dive, you know, Genesis to Revelation. And his motto was simply teach the Bible simply and just go chapter by chapter. Well, so I just, 
I started at church out uh, Calvary Chapel, El Cajon, 1977, started teaching through the Bible. And I don't know if you know this, Kaz, but when you teach through the whole Bible, there's a lot of Jews. <laughs> they're, they're everywhere, from Genesis all the way to Revelation. So I fell in love with Israel. And from that moment, uh, God began to invite me into deeper layers and understanding. Yes, yes, yes. And those deeper layers kept getting deeper and deeper. Deeper and deeper. And one of the things that I've discovered as I study the Hebrew truths, and that, that is, there, there's not a separate Hebrew truth here and there. They're all intermingled with one yes. another. And, you know, uh, I love the Tabernacle of David. That's my st- where I love to study. But, you know, when you study something that's of Hebrew origin or even, you know, God's origin to and through the Hebrews, they all connect and you go, okay, well, now I, I want to find out about uh, Moses and Elijah. Well, it's all there in, in Tabernacle of David in the city of David yes. mentality. And I want to find out a little bit about Melchizedek and, oh, it's there too. Yes. And I want to find out a little bit about Eden. Oh, it's there too? Yes. Are you kidding me? So where does this have you now? I know you're doing writing and things like that. Before we launch into the heavy Hebrew-related stuff, I just want to get a little further uh, dialogue with you about who, why, what, where, when, and how. Yes, well, you know, so reading through the Bible, falling in love with Israel and the Jewish people, believing that God is not finished with the Jews, um, we started going to Israel. And God began to speak to me while we go to Israel that uh, he said, Ray, you know, Israel is more than prophecy. It's more than the stories. Israel is people. I want you to step into the story and get to know the people of the land. And so we've been on an incredible journey, Kaz, of meeting the people, the Israelis, the local Israelis, the Jewish people, the Jewish believers, Messianic Mm -hmm. believers. And then we started blessing them and loving them and befriending them and encouraging them. And then the Lord said, hey, you know, they're not the only ones. You know, there's Arabs uh, who call themselves. I've got a friend I met in Nazareth. He said, I'm a an Arab Christian Israeli Nazarene. He goes, I'm a, you know, a minority within a minority within a minority within a minority. But he goes, look, in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit fell and all those people that gave their lives to the Lord, it mentions Arabs. He goes, don't forget us. There are Arab believers, brothers and sisters in the land. So we've been investing in all of them, and, and it's just been so fun, yes. so exciting. How many trips have you made to the Holy I've Land? I've made probably over 25 trips <laughs> uh, to the Holy Land. And then recently, the last couple of years, they have the what's called the Jerusalem Prayer Breakfast, where they have invited people. Uh, this last year was, of course, the 70th anniversary of Israel. Which is a big deal. Which is a very big <laughs> deal. And they said, hey, you know, Christians, there's like two and a half billion of those guys. They like us. And their commitment is deeper than just politics or a government, you know, this way or that way. They, It's deep. It's from the heart. It's from the spirit and our, their roots. We're related to them. So they invited us uh, to come, the President uh, Reuven Rivlin. We got to go to the pr- uh, president's residence. There were over 70 nations, over 600 delegates this last summer, and then I was able to uh, help uh, facilitate bringing Ann Graham Lotz, Billy Graham's daughter, to come and address them, because she's 70. She says, I feel like I'm tied to Israel. I believe that we're living in exciting times. And she brought a greeting to the to the uh, Jews, as well as the, the believers, and it was just incredible, Kaz. Yes, and when you 
have studied this for so long and you start seeing, you know, the, over the years of studying this, some of the things you have to put on the shelf. Yeah. And you go, this must be prophetical for a way distant future. Mm. But as you look at your sh- shelf and you look at the newscasts, you go, I can take those down now because yes. those are not on the shelf anymore. They are real time. Yes. And we're in some pivotal times, would you say? We've oh. got about three more minutes in this segment, but I, okay. want, I want you yeah. to give the people an understanding because you have such a heart for the oh, Lord, man. but the Lord of Old Testament, New Testament, and even Now Testament. Yes. Well, I, I'll tell you what, with everything going on in the world, I believe that God is blowing a supernatural trumpet blast to awaken believers around the world. And believe me, the church is waking up around the world. We're living in the most exciting hour of human history. That's right. Where the culmination of all the prophecies are coming together, and literally Israel is right at the center of how we can visibly see God's providential hand moving in our generation for such a time as this. Can, I, can yeah. I add to that? And Absolutely. Tell me if you agree or not. Not only are we seeing Scripture fulfilled, we have to look in the mirror and say, I get to play a role in it. That's, that's it. That's where the Lord told me, hey, don't just read the story. Don't just tell the story. Don't just share the story. I'm asking my children to step into the story. Yes. And that's what I want to do in our time together is invite people to step into the story of what God's doing right now. I, I do too. And one of the things that we've done, I, I have to admit in the... Uh, Gentile church, we've neglected many of the Old Testament truths. If you know, you know, you, you've been seeing uh, with without spectacles or without a magnifying mm. glass uh, in the Gospels and things like that. What I'm seeing as we study the Hebrew truths that are tied to that, it changes you from looking without spectacles to uh, a, a telescope or at sometimes uh, a microscope and see things in ways you've never seen them before. The whole world opens up. The truths yes. of God's Word opens up. Yes. And I just want to echo what you're saying. What's exciting about all these uh, insights, layers and layers of information, everything in the Old Testament is pointing to and fulfilled in Jesus Christ. That's what's so exciting. It pulls the whole Bible together from Genesis to Revelation. And I have to laugh because I look at the titles of your book, in particular the two most re- recent ones, The Holy Land Key and On the Mountain of the Lord. One's, one's hi- historical uh, and prophetic, and the other one is, what do I say, fictional, but yes. it's not really too fictional yes. in real life. So I have to laugh because everything you do and say is uh, steeped with this. Yes. So if you come to know Ray Bentley, you have to know the Hebrew side of Ray Amen. Bentley as well. So we've spent some time setting the stage. I, I like the idea we've taken the, I would call them, introductory niceties. And so we've done that. So co-host Ray Bentley, my listening friend, uh, has some real heart cries for what God is doing, not only yesterday, today, but in the forever side. We're going to dig a little bit more deeply into these enticing Hebrew truths that God has buried within his word. And we're going to find out more about that when we return. Are you ready to go for this, Pastor I, Ray? I can't wait. Can't <laughs> okay. wait. My listening friends, we'll be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K-Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. And we're back. I'm with Pastor Ray Bentley of Maranatha Chapel in Rancho Bernardo, and he is my co-host for this entire yes. two-hour show. Ray, how I cool love is it. this? It's great. <laughs> you know, I'm going to start out with uh, a scripture, and then I'm sure because you're a scripture guy, you'll add another scripture to <laughs> as we go. Yeah. But my listening friend, here's the deal. God has given us truths in scripture, 
And if we only knew how to use the shovel, we could dig wisely. Mm-hmm. And one of the scriptures I want to bring to your attention is, is in the New Testament. And it says that all scripture is given by the inspiration of God, Ray, and is profitable for reproof, for doctrine, for instruction and in righteousness, that the man or woman of God may be perfect and thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly furnished into all good works. Now, you've had a chance to observe the, the, the Gentile church quite a bit. You've been around for a while. Yes. And, but, and, and so in light of that, that all scripture is God-breathed, um, I want to bring people's attention to Leviticus chapter 23. Now, sorry. Leviticus, you know, you talk to the average Christian, it's like, yeah, read through the Bible. Man, I get Genesis is yeah. exciting and Leviticus. Uh, oh, you know, yeah. I don't know. But, <laughs> they, uh, missed, they, they passed through Leviticus yeah, and, and Numbers yeah, 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 for yeah. sure. <laughs> but there's an incredible chapter, Leviticus chapter 23. The Lord spoke to Moses. This is verse 1, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, The feasts of the Lord, of Yahweh which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations, these are my feasts. Now, here's what I want to say real quick about that. God gave seven feasts, and the word feast in Hebrew, moed, means divine appointments. So think of it like this, Kaz. God gave seven dates every single year, and God told the children of Israel, I want you all to come from all over north, south, east, and west to Jerusalem. If you will come to Jerusalem, those seven dates, they're divine dates, I'm going to be there. And if you want to meet me, come on those divine dates. Then he says they shall be holy convocations. The Hebrew word convocations basically means, in our language, rehearsals. Ooh, I like that. So there's seven divine appointments, and those seven divine appointments are seven rehearsals. Well, listen, folks, I want you to know this. All seven of those divine appointments and rehearsals point to the Messiah, Jesus Christ. All seven are fulfilled in Jesus Christ. So they're from Passover to Tabernacles. There's four in the spring and three in the fall. So there's the summer where there's kind of nothing. You know, it's kind of called the summer harvest. So think about this, guys. You've got Passover, then you've got unleavened bread, then first fruits, and then Pentecost. Well, when Jesus came, he came to Jerusalem during those spring feasts. But he fulfilled them. They from being rehearsals to reality. So Christ was crucified on the very divine day of Passover. He was buried on the divine appointment of unleavened bread. He was without sin. Leaven's a type of sin. On the Feast of First Fruits, he literally rose and resurrected from the dead, fulfilling that day. So the first three feasts are three days in a row. And then you have on the 50th day, Pentecost, and literally on the divine appointment, the Holy Spirit fell and 3,000 got saved. Yes. Now, that's the, the early believers were all Jewish. Yes, so they, they understood these things by participating in the festivals yes. and the feasts. And surely after Jesus had ascended to heaven, they must have gone, hey, do you guys realize what just happened? That all of the spring feasts, literally, he was crucified on Passover, buried on unleavened bread, rose on first fruits, the Holy Spirit fell on Pentecost. This is incredible. They've literally happened before our eyes. Yes. You know, one of the things that, and I'm going to tie this to some other scriptures, my friend, as you go into the New Testament, you hear, see, hear some words or read some words of Jesus, that all of a sudden it starts clicking in together. Uh, uh, when Jesus came, he says, I did not come to do away with the law or the prophets. I came to fulfill them. Yes. So as we look in the Old Testament, we realize not only how he fulfilled the law and the prophets, but he fulfilled every aspect of yes. the Hebrew feast, festivals, months, days, yes. years, everything. Yes. So we're going to spend a little bit of time, won't we, about yes. talking about we're, what these feasts are like. We're going to dive into them. So now think about this. 
uh, for Passover that year. They had been rehearsing Passover for 1,500 years. Since the days of Moses, 1,500 years later, now it went from rehearsal to reality when Christ was crucified on Passover for our sins. And that's huge. 1,500 years of practice, you know, dress rehearsal, like your kids that are in a play, and then all of a sudden, okay, tonight's not dress rehearsal. Tonight's the real thing. They pull the curtain. Mom, Dad, Grandpa, everybody's there, you know, clapping. That's what happened. And then in the summer, there's no feasts. They call it the summer harvest. And I believe that represents the church age. So the church has been, you know, we're really good. Like for Passover, a lot of churches will have a Good Friday service. And then for Resurrection Day, we have Easter, we preach the resurrection. And many churches, not all, but many will recognize or have a Pentecost service or whatever. So what I want to ask is, the church has been great about doing the spring feasts. And all those spring feasts point to the first coming of the Messiah. Sure. But there's three more left. Yes, but may, may I say, in my observation, the fir- of the first three feasts, the first, I mean, the first, you know, uh, uh, the Passover and the yes. other feasts that are tied to that, but also uh, Pentecost. I, I, in my when it was Pentecostal Sunday yeah, uh, yeah. recently, I looked around and not very many churches really. Yes. We're going to talk a little bit that about that in the future yes. segment. But uh, you're setting the stage for the entire feast, so yes. we want to spend a little bit of time talking about the Passover and the, the th- three total yes. feasts within that. Uh, Absolutely. The, the early uh, time frame. But l- let me, my listening friend, here's the deal. Here's the deal. We spend so much time vested and invested about Jesus, uh, who he was in the New Testament, and what he's going to do in the present day times. Wouldn't it be wise to look back into the things that Jesus used as scripture to forge uh, his ministry, of course, he's hearing from Holy Spirit, but the other piece of that is he's getting the uh, rhema from Holy Spirit, but he had the logos, the written word as well. Mm-hmm. So his whole composition of who he was and what he did under the tutelage of the Father, if you want to really understand the f- scope of that, you really have to dig in yeah. to God's truths in the Old Testament, and among the greatest truths are his feasts and festivals. Yes, and look, there's, I believe that we're in the church age, but we're kind of toward the end of that. It's been 2,000 years. God's been taking a Jew, a Gentile, making one new man, the bride, the body of Christ, right? So that's very powerful. That's very exciting. But there's three feasts left. And these last three feasts are in the fall. Yes. And all three of those feasts point to the second coming of the king, the second coming of the Messiah. Remember Lord of the Rings? And the last one's called the return of the king. It's very dramatic. And that's exactly what we are prepared for right now. I believe the church needs to awaken and start getting ready and getting prepared, lifting our eyes and looking up, being part of the end time harvest, because the king is about to return to bring his kingdom from heaven to the earth. And Kaz, as you know, the entire book of Revelation, it, which is about the second coming of Christ, is the fulfillment of those last three feasts in the fall. Trumpets, yes. atonement, and tabernacles. Feast of tabernacles. And you know, Pastor Ray, I have to smile because this is so in, in, entrenched within you. We we skipped ahead to the last three feasts. I want to spend... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry I, 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 I just given the big view. I, I know. The big view. But I want to spend a little bit more time okay. so these people can... They don't have to go from A to 
they they need to go from A to B to C. So I want to spend a little bit more time talking about how Jesus, a lot of you, my listening friend, will understand this because you've been taught this, how Jesus fulfilled the Passover lamb and and, uh, unleavened bread and first fruits, how he fulfilled that. And and then, because we're going to build into what is perhaps... I believe the greatest message in all biblical history that it is on the, our doorstep right now. Yes. But we, want, we don't want to be ignorant of the enemy's devices, but yes. we also don't want to be ignorant of God's uh, directives all yes. the way through his scripture. So I'm going to have we want to hold your hand just a little bit more yes. in, in the, the next seg- segment or two to help you understand how Jesus really did fulfill the Passover and, uh, uh, you know, first fruit and unleavened bread feasts and festivals, and then because we'll, I, I want to spend just a little bit of time, too, about Pentecost, the Pentecostal feast, because mm. a lot of churches don't even acknowledge that. Yes. So before we can get to the Feast of Tabernacles, which is the big, 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 yes. biggie, we need to kind of, I would like to walk... Drill down, the, yes. Drill down a little bit in each one of the, the three. So we're running out of time in this segment, but I, I want my listening friends to be aware we're going to go... Uh, line upon line, precept mm-hmm. upon precept here in this full two-hour show with the Pastor Ray Bentley. How, how, <laughs> I, I, I tease him a little bit, and he's so <laughs> humble he doesn't know how to handle that. No. But my listening friend, there's some depth here. We want to dig into his depth and uh, discover what God is doing in these last days. And the Scripture's there. The truths are there. All we have to do is know how to acquire them, to dig them out. So, Pastor Ray, would you spend some time with me? Let's excavate a little bit more on these different feasts and festivals to lead people to the springboard of where we are in this earth right now and what is just about ready to happen. Yes, amen. Can we do that? My listening friend, uh, Ray Bentley and Kaz, and we're talking about the feasts and festivals of God. Guess what? We will be right back. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. This is Pastor Jim Heidrich from Firewheel Church, and I declare over San Diego that the goodness of God is going to crash in on you with the weight of his glory because he's moving with compassion. Yes, you believe in Jesus, but Jesus believes in you, and I just affirm you in your call to greatness in Christ Jesus. Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor, FM 106.1 and AM 1210, K-Praise. And we're back, Pastor Ray Bentley, but I Pat, giving you say saying pastors kind of an um, kind of an, a, a, a lower echelon than you deserve oh, because not only are you a pastor, but I'm, I'll tell you, my friend, you have a fivefold mentality that is in, in encouraging the church to go mm. onward and upward, and it's not about a single denomination in your perspective. No, you know what we are living in times where we've got to we've got to get bigger than our tribe. It's time for the nation. It's yes. time for the royal priesthood. It's time for the kings and queens of the kingdom of heaven to come together <laughs> under the banner of the love of God, and his coming is soon. We need to wake up and get ready for it. Yes, and I, well, this is probably another show because this is another two- or three-hour chat, yeah. but, but you had mentioned your tribe, and one of the things that God does is he puts you know, puts the solitary into families, but each family has their own different characteristic, yes. and to think that my family is the only family that God wants to use is not absurd. Yes. He wants to use all of his families, and the Old Testament pattern and picture for that are the 12 tribes. Amen. So what's your tribe, what's your influence, and how do you not only dovetail with 
people within your family, yes. but how do you co- uh, coalesce and partner with people of other tribes and other families so that the church is the church, the kingdom is the kingdom, and look out world. Yeah, amen. I love <laughs> That's it. That's where we're going. Let me share a scripture, Pastor, and then I'm going to use that to let you have your springboard as we talk about the Passover feast and the other sub-feasts that are mm. within the Passover feast. In uh, Psalm eighty nine fifteen. I'm going to use the amplified version because to me that gives a clear revelation of where we're going. And people may not have looked into the amplified version, but let me give this to you, my listening friend. The amplified version takes the original Hebrew and it uh, amasses a, a broader context of the words in the scripture, so you can get a, a bigger understanding of God's intention. You've heard the scripture, and many of you sing a song that says, "Blessed are the people who know the joyful sound; they shall walk." In the light of thy countenance, O Lord. You know, scriptures like that. We, we in, the, in the Gentile church, we speak and preach those things. But let me give you the deeper Hebrew perspective on this. It says in the Amplified Version, blessed, that is happy, fortunate, and to be envied, are those people who know the joyful sound, who understand and appreciate the spiritual blessings symbolized by the feasts. They walk, O oh Lord, in the light of thy favor and, your, and thy countenance. So, so, Ray, you know, throughout Scripture, sometimes we just take the rudimentary translation and we don't go for there, from there. Uh, uh, yeah. But when we understand really what God is saying, we have to really understand. Here, in this Scripture and others elsewhere, in uh, Leviticus and elsewhere, the feasts have such a, a, a remarkable value. Yes. So let's start with the, the early feasts. And festivals in the Hebrew year. Yes, so the very beginning of the year for them, uh, originally, their, their religious year is Passover. Yes. And, of course, that, that was God's divine miracle. I mean, think about this, Kaz. At the time that God gave this feast of Passover, um, God literally was visible on the, on the earth. I mean, he, he made himself visible and seen. If you, you were a family and you're the Jewish people, you've been slaves 400 years— God raises up a man named Moses, and the next thing you know, God appears on the top of a mountain, and then he's with them, leading them through the wilderness for 40 years, a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. You could point, there were no atheist kids you had to wrestle with. You, look, <laughs> there he is right there, that thunder, lightning, the ground shaking beneath your feet. They had to deal with the reality. So it's a very powerful time. And then on the night of the Passover, with great haste, uh, they had to be ready, and so they whatever bread they had had to be without leaven. That became the type of sin. Um, and so they had to sacrifice and put the blood of a lamb without spot or blemish on their doorposts and the lintel beam. That's the picture of the cross. That's right. You can literally connect the dots, and what do you have? Literally. The, and then John the Baptist points to Jesus and says, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. I mean, he, and Jesus said of John the Baptist, there's no greater that has ever come before him. I mean, that includes Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Moses, and David, and, and all the prophets, the prophets all on. the prophets, none greater. And, and John the Baptist pointed to Jesus, and he connected Jesus directly, prophetically, to Passover. This is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. So when Jesus was lifted up on the cross, because... Basically, Passover, you know, they did it every year. Uh, they, the, the blood of, uh, you know, uh, the sacrifice was for the people annually every year, 1,500 years. Sure, dress rehearsals. Dress rehearsals. But the, the fact they had to keep doing it meant that they weren't eternally, completely forgiven. 
until Jesus comes, the Lamb of God. And so all of those, the New Testament tells us, those that have read the New Testament, they know these were types and shadows, these were patterns. Now has come the reality, now has come the fulfillment, where the blood of the Lamb has literally set us free. Our captivity was to Satan, death, and sin. We are now liberated and delivered, and we are now, literally, this is the covenant Mm -hmm. relationship. Uh, that that we have with God by the blood of His Son. That's right, Jesus. You know, one of the things we, a lot of, most of the people in the, the present day in the Gentile Church, we can comprehend Jesus Christ as our Passover Lamb, His blood shed on our behalf, and things like that. And then it starts getting hazier the further down you go in the different feasts. Like mm. uh, within the same time frame, you have the the. Uh, feast or festival of unleavened bread and first fruits and things like that, those tie not only tie uh, to Jesus, but they tie progressively in what yes. God is doing. We've got about four minutes in this okay. segment, so let's spend a little bit of time okay. connecting those dots. So once Christ is crucified as our Passover, the next day begins a brand new uh, feast of seven days called the Feast of Unleavened Bread. This is literally where uh, Christ, the type of leaven in the Bible, is a type of sin. What does leaven do to bread? It puffs up, which is like pride. The root of sin puffs us up. So, you know, if you have uh, communion the way it was with Jesus and his Jewish disciples, they had matzah bread. And matzah bread is flat. Flat. Uh, And it's literally, to this day, matzah bread is baked with stripes, and it's baked with pierced little holes to make sure that it won't rise. Well, you know, that's the body of Christ. That's he was our directive to us. Literally, he was striped. They laid stripes on him. He was pierced for us. That's the fulfillment of unleavened bread. And then the third day was the first fruits. They were to give the first fruits on the third day of everything to the Lord. Well, guess what? On the third day. Jesus, <laughs> on the, I mean, the Bible's filled with analogies and stories uh, from Moses, Abraham, and the third day, and the third day, and the third day. And this was the prophetic fulfillment of the resurrection, uh, that, it, that it had to happen on the third day. Yes, and the Scripture says, as he is, so are we in this world. One of the applications for that is we have to live and embrace the truths of the Passover lamb, of also uh, the unleavened bread and the first fruits in our own individual lives. Yes. Now, we've got about two minutes left in this yes. segment, so tell us how this has been fulfilled in the natural and spiritual. Well, look, we are, now those who are born again, we're in the covenant relationship. We're under the blood of the Lamb of God. Sin is washed and cleansed, and therefore we are filled, the righteousness of Christ is given to us. That's our sinlessness is the gift of Christ's righteousness. We gave him all our sin. He gave us his righteousness. And then finally, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is inside of every believer, even a brand new believer, the power yes. that can raise the dead uh, of the bones, the flesh, uh, the the spirit, the soul. Uh, that power dwells within us. We are now indwelt by the Holy Spirit. The resurrection power dwells within us daily. That's exactly right, Pastor Ray Bentley. You know, the the on the one hand, it's a very exciting thing, but on the other hand, as you observe. Uh, history in the church, a lot of times people have, this is the end of their story. Yeah. yeah Jesus Christ, death, burial, resurrection, yes. rise, risen from the dead, live a resurrected life. The end. Oh, contraire. Yes. This is just the beginning yes. of God's plans for us. Amen. If we're living in, in our 
sometimes our present understanding of, of the gospel and, the, and scripture, we go, okay, living resurrected life. But why are we living a resurrected life? We, God wants us to do something with that resurrected life. Yes. So the story continues, continues, and we're running out of time in this segment, but let's continue this into the next segment because the story just doesn't end with Christ's death, burial, and resurrection so that we can live uh, a, a humble life of humility and broken before the Lord and, and being buried with him in bapti- baptism and being raised to walk in newness of life. That's not the end of the story. No. That is just the beginning. So would you help me craft the next few segments for, uh, for throughout the whole two hours, Pastor Ray, to talk a little bit about more how this is not the beginning. Indeed, this is just the beginning. Yes, because the Holy Spirit, we're getting, all of this is a setup. The death, burial, and resurrection is the setup for the power of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost to come upon us. We're going to talk more about that. Can hardly wait. You've just been set up, my friends. And Pastor Ray Bentley and I will continue to help you comprehend the next phases, and they will blow your mind. Pastor Ray and I will be right back. More Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show with Cass Taylor. FM 106.1 and AM 1210, K-Praise. <laughs> We're back. Pastor Ray Bentley and I are dealing with some of the truths of the Old Testament, my friend, and some of them you've gotten because a lot of, uh, a lot of the New Testament pastors use the Old Testament as a support vehicle to pr- promote what they want to present in the New Testament, but Pastor Ray, one of the truths that I've discovered, and I know you have too as well, and that is maybe we ought to spend our time using the Old Testament to, uh, as the springboard into the New Testament mm-hmm. rather than teaching the New Testament and then using some pieces of the Old Testament to support our New Testament doctrine and theory. We would be amazed yes. at the revelation we find by digging in back there. Yes. Well, that's why God gave us two eyes. That's we why have gave 20, us 20 vision. <laughs> and the two books. And the two books. <laughs> yes. I, I want to give another scripture to you, my listening friend, as I um, hand the baton to Pastor Ray and let him run like crazy. <laughs> In First uh, Corinthians uh, chapter 1, the Apostle Paul, uh, who was a rabbi of the day as well, uh, he speaks about purging the old leaven we talked about um, unleavened bread in the first in the segment before and he says to cast out the old leaven in our lives to keep the feast and he says keep the feast now that particular inference in first corinthians um chapter uh, five was about keeping the feast of passover but unspoken there is you really should keep all of the feasts mm. so we've talked about the feast of passover and unleavened bread and first fruits in the earlier segment now we're going to launch into where it even gets even more exciting yes. can you believe that so what's the next feast uh, the during the summer solstice all right so uh you have the first three one you know day one and the next one is day two the next one day three but then on the 50th day on the 50th day, you have the fourth feast, and that's called the Feast of Pentecost. Now, what's interesting is, if you go back to the Old Testament and to the days of Moses and in the book of Exodus, what happened on the very first Pentecost? God gave the law. He so gave, you're talking about Acts chapter 2? Yeah, no, I'm no. talking about... The oh, book the, of, earlier than the Acts earlier chapter. Earlier than Acts chapter <laughs> the In first. the book of Exodus, the original, <laughs> the original, which will be mirrored in the book of Acts, okay? <laughs> so what happened on that day? As God gave the law, that's what happened on the first Pentecost. Before the church was even born, God gave the Ten Commandments, God gave the law. 
but he put a a boundary around the mountain where his glory was literally visible. Cloud, thunder, lightning, flashes of light and fire, and the voice of God booming and talking with Moses as he was up there for the 40 days. So uh, what happened, God told him, don't get too close to the mountain. I'm holy, and you guys need to be watching and ready. So guess what happens on the first Pentecost? 3,000 people died because they weren't listening to God. They weren't treating it as holy and reverential and paying attention, and 3,000 people died. Now move forward. The church has been, or the, the, the church of or, or Israel has had 1,500 dress rehearsals. So when Christ becomes the fulfillment of Passover, unleavened bread, and then he resurrects on the feast of first fruits, on the 50th day, which Jesus said, tarry ye in Jerusalem, for you shall be endued with power when the Holy Spirit shall come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. So. Yes. The Holy Spirit falls on Pentecost, which, remember, was the anniversary of the giving of the Ten Commandments and the law. But on Pentecost, Peter preaches the gospel, the resurrection of Christ. And what happens? 3,000 souls are saved. Uh Just the opposite of the the, the loss of the souls. Yes. So, Kaz, think of this. How often have we heard sermons on, you know, Paul writes, the letter of the law kills... But, but the Spirit gives life. He, he's not, this is not a metaphor. It's not a nice little phrase for a sermon. It's literally true. Yes. On the first Pentecost, the commandments, the law of God, because of sin, uh, 3,000 died. But now when Christ has paid for our sins, he's shed his blood, he's risen from the dead, now the Holy Spirit can fall, and those who believe can be saved. 3,000 were born again and saved. You've got to put those two stories together. That's what's so exciting exactly. about Pentecost. They're counterbalances. Yes. You know, and I made the mistake when you first started talking about this. I thought you were going – I wasn't exactly sure where you were going, <laughs> and I did what would be a typical mistake from a Gentile mentality. I'm going, oh, you're talking about Acts chapter yes. 2, which is the the fulfillment of the Feast of Pentecost. You know, there's a scripture in there that we we, sometimes we gloss by, and it says, when the Feast of Pentecost was fully come. In other words, it, it was time for the uh, application of yes. these truths that people did their dress rehearsals on yes. to be fulfilled, no longer a dress rehearsal. This was the fulfillment yes. of the dress rehearsal. And sometimes in the Christian church yes. we go, well, this is really the beginning of it all, but the truth of the matter is this was foreshadowed yes. by the in Leviticus and beyond. Yes, absolutely. And if we understand the foreshadow, we can understand a greater dimension of what God is about to do. Yes, and I want to just add and echo what you're saying or what we've been talking about, not only during the time, but in between times. These seven feasts of the Lord, divine appointments, it doesn't say that they're the feasts of the Jews, though they were for them. They were the only ones that God had at that time. It says they're the feasts of the Lord, So I believe these feasts, if he's your Lord, all seven of them are for us. The church has, you know, maybe rehearsed the first four. We do good in the spring and the first coming of the Messiah. But we've neglected the last three, 
Uh, and we think of, oh, those are for the Jews. Well, no, 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 no. They point to and are fulfilled in Jesus, the Messiah, and the second coming. They're for us. Trumpets is for us. Atonement's for us, too. And tabernacles is for us, too. So if I may use a phrase that you see in the New Testament, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Yes. They go, oh, those are for the Jews. Okay, yes. Yes. But also to the also Gentiles. Also to the Gentiles my, as well. My, my. Amen. You know, we only have a, a, a few, four minutes or so in this segment, but I want to bring something to your attention, my listening friend. During the uh, Feast of Pentecost this year, this this past year, I had a chance. To, I visit a lot of different churches, and I also see what's going on in the church community, not only in San Diego and San Diego County, but across the, the United States. And I would posture this: it was a very sad thing to me on Pentecostal Sunday that I heard very little about the Feast of Pentecost celebration, when in real life, I mean, this you were, Ray, we're talking about the birthday of the church. Yes. Because in the Old Testament, this was the illustration of what was to, yes. to come to pass, and in Acts chapter 2 is was the fulfillment of the Feast of Pentecost, and when, when we have Pentecost Sunday, very few pastors and, and, and leaders talk about this, and I don't think it's because they hate it, I think no. it's because of lack of awareness, Yes, and what God wants to do is not only quicken our awareness for the Feasts of Passover, which we have a pretty good handle on, yes. but the Feast of Pentecost, yes. which we're good handle on, and yes. we can't move into the other fantastic stuff until we actually grasp this. So tell me, just a little, spend a couple minutes, would you, Pastor Ray, talking again about how this Feast of Pentecost was fulfilled, not only in the natural sense, as in dress rehearsal, but fulfilled in reality, because ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're setting the stage for something that's going to yes. knock your socks oh, off. Oh boy, Pastor yes. Ray. Well, you know, uh, in the Old Covenant, uh, when the Holy Spirit would come to uh, a king or to a prophet, he would come upon them, but he couldn't really come within them. And so when we come to Pentecost, here's what changed everything. Because of the sacrifice of the blood of the Lamb, now the doorway of our hearts is open, and literally the Holy Spirit of God, the resurrected Christ, can come inside of us, live within us, and look, don't be afraid of Pentecost. Don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit. We need the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit in the church for such a time as this. For such a time as this. My listening friend, how, how remarkable is that? And thank you, Pastor Ray Bentley, for walking us through, taking this first hour to kind of walk us through. Some some of these scriptures and some of these precepts are somewhat familiar to many believers who've dug into the Word, particularly in the New Testament. But some of these things, uh, particularly the whole, the whole concept behind how Pentecost of the Old Testament was fulfilled and is currently Re- revealing itself in the New Testament. But again, this is not the end of the story. No. <laughs> but we thank you for setting the stage for some of the greatest. Actually, if you have an interest in what God is doing right now and what he's going to do in the immediate future, this is just setting the stage for that. You you, you have to have, uh, as a believer, you have to have the, 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 the power of God's Holy Spirit within you. You have to have the shed of God's innocent blood through you to, to give you that freedom. But th- these are just setting the stage for the biggie, yes. which is happening now. And we're going to find a little, little bit more about this as uh, Pastor Ray Bentley and I uh, discover what God's truths are in the New Testament as it relates to the last times feast and festivals mm-hmm. that has not been completely fulfilled. We'll share with you what that looks like, but beyond what it looks like, what it means to you, but also what it means through you. Mm. Do not go away because Pastor Ray Bentley and Kaz will be right back. (laughs) 
This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. KPRZ, San Marcos Poway, and K29CR Encinitas. FM 106.1, North County, AM 1210, San Diego. K-Praise. I'll tell the world. Come Together San Diego with Cash Taylor on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. I'll tell the world. Okay, we are back, and welcome back with the author of The Holy Land Key and On the Mountain of the Lord, co-host Ray Bentley. Hey, Pastor Ray. Hey, <laughs> man, it's so good to be with you, Kaz. Thanks and for inviting me on. What's a pleasure. You have your own uh, church environment, um, but also there are a lot of people that don't go to Maranatha Chapel yeah. in Rancho Bernardo that don't understand the nuances that you share every, you know, your people yes. get this stuff because they've heard it from you on and on. Right. But there are a lot of people that are just passing through the Ray uh, Bentley sphere and they go, oh, what was that? <laughs> so I want people to n- know some of the deeper truths that you have excavated and that you share yes. frequently. Yeah, well, you know, we've been doing uh, kind of, you know, rehearsing, as, if you will, the seven feasts now every year. I use them as teaching opportunities. Yes. You know, just to have fun. Yes. And to learn from them how all of them point to Jesus Christ. Yes. But a lot of people are embracing the Jesus Christ of the gospel uh, and the death and burial and resurrection, but they're not really embracing the Jesus Christ who's coming again. Yes. This was the uh, the lamb mentality. Yes. And he's coming back as a lion of yes. the tribe of Judah. Yes. There's a different nuance there in yes. embracing the lion of the tribe of Judah. And my friend, when you start understanding and start embracing the Feast of, of, of Tabernacles, you're going to see him more as the lamb, uh, the lion yes. than the lamb. Yes. The, the lamb was important and is important. Absolutely. But that's the springboard into the lion, the ruling and reigning mentality. Yeah, so there there are two comings. The full purpose of the first coming was for Jesus to reveal himself as the Lamb of God, the tenderness of God, the love of God, the mercy of God, the grace of God, the willingness to lay down his life for us. Uh, the price he paid for us, Kaz, tells us how valuable that we are. Uh, we're, we're the apple of his eye. We're precious to him. And then he's coming back. Yes. He's, he's going to roar like a lion. Yes. He's coming back to rule and reign, king of kings, lord of lords. His kingdom is coming. Yes. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess Jesus Christ as Lord. You know, you talk about dress rehearsals. I think that the church age and understanding the denomination where you're in is part of the dress rehearsal for taking that and expanding it shoulder to shoulder with somebody else of different denominations. And all of a sudden, the church really gets to be the church. We've heard pieces of that. Yes. And I think the Feast of Tabernacles is really the illustration to tie all these pieces together. You know, my friend, if you listen for the first hour, you know we've dug some uh, pretty hefty revelations out of Scripture dealing with Passover, the la- Passover lamb, and the other f- early spring feasts, but also the summer feast festival of Pentecost mm-hmm. and how that there's an empowerment there. But those are just setting the stage, aren't they, Ray, yes. for the other stuff. We've talked a little bit about these things, the, the Feast of Passover and uh, First Fruits and uh, um, Unleavened Bread, and we've talked about Pentecost. Now, yes. guess what? It's time to talk about the reason that all those were put there is so that we could be prepared for the things that we had not fully experienced yet, and that's called the Feast or Festival of Tabernacles, and there are three different expressions of that. Why don't, why don't we use this as the springboard to talk a little bit more in detail about the, the 
Feast of Tabernacles. It has three components. Why don't you just use that as a springboard? Okay, so, uh, yeah, there are three feasts in the fall, and they culminate in Tabernacles, which is the full manifestation of the kingdom of heaven on earth. In other words, we've been doing the, the, the church age where the churches yes. are getting prepared, which is kind of like the dress rehearsal, but it's now no, it's, it's transitioning from the church mentality into the kingdom mentality, yeah. which ties everything together. Dude, you, you, you are preaching it, bro. No, you're going to be preaching it right yeah, now. Yeah, because <laughs> that is exactly right. Um, you know, the, we are in the end of the church age. We're actually, I believe, in a transitionary time right now moving into and can begin embracing, speaking and preaching the kingdom. The kingdom come. The kingdom is here. The king of kings. Um, And it's extremely powerful, very exciting. This is our hope. We're not just to live here and breathe air and pay bills and then die and go to heaven. Man, we we get to be part of the the operation of God's will in providence in history in real time and and to usher in the kingdom of heaven. Are you saying that we actually? And it almost sounds a little bit too 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 good for words, but we get to fulfill <laughs> yes, scripture. Yes, we get to we, we get to participate of God's prophecy and for these last days. Yes. Not only spectate it, yes. but we get to play a role. Man, you you are Whew. preaching. You are preaching it. And I'm telling you, this is the deal. We're not just to be sitting, waiting, watching. Uh, we're to be participating in the arrival of the King and the Kingdom of Heaven. <laughs> it's exciting. <laughs> it is exciting. And my listening friend, you know, sometimes we sit in pews or a pastor will prepare a message. He goes, I've prepared this message about five years ago, but it's time to dust it off and use it again and again and again. <laughs> the truth of the matter is, those were setting the stage for the fulfillment of those things. Yes. And my pastor friends, my uh my evangelistic friends, my um, uh, what do you want to say? My teaching friends, my apostolic friends. Uh, you, here's the truth of the matter: is those things were setting the stage for us to actually fulfill these things. And my friend, if you've been spending time sitting in the pew listening, it's time to transition from the listening part to the doing and being part, and. To be equipped properly, it would be good to know what God's truths are in this last series of feasts and festivals called the Feast of Tabernacles. Yes. So, Pastor Ray? So, there, there are three elements to what leads up to the Tabernacles, Kingdom of Heaven on Earth. The first of those last three is the Feast of Trumpets. Yes. And it's very simple. Uh, God said, I want there to be a memorial of the blowing of trumpets. So, then... The next one after that is Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. Uh, this was a day the whole nation would literally be forgiven of national sins. You're talking about Leviticus way back in the Old Testament. Way back this, in the Old Testament. This was foreshadowed way back then. Foreshadowed way, way back then. And then that set the stage for the very final one, tabernacles, where God's will has always been to tabernacle with men. Heaven and earth were to be one, not separated like they are now, but they're to be one. We pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the culmination. That's where we're headed. Tabernacles is about trumpets, atonement, and then finally the fulfillment of all of those things as God's kingdom is on earth. Wow, wow, wow. My, my listening friend, 
I, I can't tell. It's hard for my words to express this because uh, I've been seeing nuances of this as I've been digging into Scripture, and I spend a fair amount of time, as has Ray, in what did the feasts and festivals mean? What do the months of the year mean? What do the signs in the heavens mean? We'll talk more about that in future segments here, but, but to realize that we are at the pinnacle of time where God wants, he wants to come back for a church without spot, wrinkle, or blemish or any such thing. How do we get past the spot, blemish, and wrinkle stuff? And by understanding his provisions that he's given for us in the Feast of Trumpets and and particularly the Day of Atonement Mm -hmm. to prepare us for the being the bride for the bridegroom? Are you kidding? Yes. I mean, it's incredible. There's nothing on earth where God made everything as a as a picture, window, mirror of heaven and his desires, uh, that he made marriage. He made a man and a woman, and to come together, the, the ultimate expression of oneness, unity, intimacy, love, bonding, friendship, um, fulfillment, uh, you know, is that we are the bride of Christ. We're going to be, we're married into the royal family. We're espoused him. The marriage supper of the Lamb is coming, and then we will rule with him and reign with him Oh, Kaz, it doesn't get any better than that. It doesn't that. get any better. Well, it's going to get better than what we know right now. That's for I can sure. tell you Amen. that right now. But so so here we have the three feasts or festivals that we have not experienced the fullness of yet. Yes. The, the Feast of Trumpets, and I wouldn't necessarily call the second one a feast because it's a fasting day. Yes, you're right. But, but, so that's the day it's of a, it's atonement. It's a divine appointment. It's, yes, it's a celebration. Yes. A, a reverent Yes. Celebration, nonetheless. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the big fulfillment. You know, in Scripture, you talk about the great harvest. Yeah. You know, people say, oh, well, you know, Pentecost was a great harvest. It was a great harvest. Yeah. But the biggest of the biggies is just around the corner. Yes. And this is all foreshadowed in the Feast of Tabernacles. Spend just a moment of time. We've got about a minute in this segment, and then we're going to launch into it in greater detail in the next. But, the you know, the Scripture talks about the, the trumpet blowing and uh, dead in Christ shall rise and all, uh, all these yes. different tr- trumpet yes. remain things. And in Joel and other areas, it's talking about blowing the trumpet in Zion. All those things are illustrative of a great trumpet that is just about ready to sound in these days yes. that will awaken us if we're living our deadly past yes. into a, a resurrected life like never before. But also there's a bigger picture as well. So uh, spend the next uh, 30 seconds teasing this and we'll yes. go into the next. Well, you know what it is called? One of the titles in Hebrew for this trumpet is called the Awakening Blast. Ooh. I believe that God is blowing that trumpet uh, and he is trying to awaken the church globally and the bride for the coming of his kingdom. My, my, my. Well, you know, some of these precepts are are new to you, no doubt, my listening friend, but we're going to be digging more deeply into it in the remaining segment uh, or two, and you need to stay right where you are because we are going to unwrap these things. And the Scripture talks about it is the glory of God to conceal a matter and the honor of kings to find out the matter. And so our obligation is to search out these truths. And so for the next few segments, we are going to take the things that we've teased you in in the previous segments, and we're going to dig more deeply, and we're going to help you understand God's plans, not only for his church, but Y-O-U. So Pastor Ray and I will be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. And we're back again. You know, Scripture says, (laughs) one of my favorite scriptures, Pastor Ray, who's co-hosting me with me for this whole two-hour period, Pastor Ray Bentley. Here's one of my favorite scriptures. It says that I has not seen, neither ear heard, 
neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has in store for those who love him. Mm. And I think we're entering into some revelation that God has had in store since the beginning of time yes. to bring us. You mentioned about that intimate relationship. We lost it in the Garden of Eden. And ever since then, he's been plotting yes. to bring us back and giving us types and patterns and shadows of the Old Testament and Jesus in the New Testament to make us prepared mm. for that intimate oneness that he has planned for us. So in this segment, would you do the honor of leading the way as we talk about how we talked about the other feasts and festivals Mm -hmm. in the springtime and in the summertime festivals uh, and how they were not only in the natural, but they were fulfilled through Jesus. Yes. Uh, We've got the last set of three in during the overall Feast of Tabernacles that have not yet been fulfilled. So I'm going to let you lead the way in this segment on what that means for these things to be fulfilled. We've, we heard of them, many of us who've gone through Leviticus 23 and other scriptures in the Old Testament and even some new nuances in the New Testament, we go, uh, I hear the words, I'll put it on a shelf. It's time to take them down off the shelf. Yes, definitely, you know, dust it off, get it off the shelf, <laughs> start reading and learning about it. So the first four feasts happened literally on the day Christ crucified on Passover, buried on unleavened bread, rose on first fruits, Pentecost happened on Pentecost, on the day. Summer harvest, that's the last couple of thousand years, the church age. We're not at the beginning of the church age. We're not in the Middle Ages of the Church Age. We're at the end of the Church Age. In a transition time like never before. Transition is happening already because Israel's in their 70th year. But what is the next feast to be fulfilled? What are we looking forward to? It is the Feast of Trumpets. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry about that. That was my sound effect. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) The Feast of Trumpets. Um, And so here's what's interesting about the Feast of Trumpets. It is on the first day of the seventh month, which is the holiest month, and you have all three of the last uh, feasts, you know, basically trumpets, atonement, tabernacles, within a two-week period. It's the only one of the seven feasts on the first day of a month. The Jewish people go by both the moon and the sun, Mm -hmm. but they start their month on the first new moon. There had to be two witnesses on earth who, or priests who could see the moon now, sometimes it's cloudy, the weather is not good. Did, did we see it, that, that little thumbnail crescent moon to get the first day? So they were worried that maybe we'll miss the day or maybe we didn't see it right. And so from ancient times to the present, Jewish people started celebrating the Feast of Trumpets over a two-day period, okay? Over a two-day period to make sure they got that crescent moon first day. So guess what, Kaz? They started calling the Feast of Trumpets the feast you don't know, the day or the hour. Oh, really? Yes. Well, I mean, especially those of you who have been digging in eschatology, you know you've heard this phrase a lot, no one knows the day or the hour. Yes. And it actually came from... That came from the Jewish people, the Feast of Trumpets, on the first day of the month. It's over a two-day period. You don't know the day or the hour. So... You know, many times we go, don't even read prophecy. What are you guys talking about, Kaz? We're supposed to, we don't know the day or the hour. It could be a million years from now. Don't even study it. Well, no, Jesus <laughs> gave thousands of hours into teaching and training and stories and parables and details of what it's going to look like for a reason. So I believe when he used that, that phrase, you don't know the day or the hour, is a Hebrew idiom. 
It's like, you know, we have an expression in English. We say off the wall. Well, if sure. you just came from another country, you're learning English. Okay, here's what a wall is. Here's what off is. So off of the wall. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, that's not what I'm trying to say. Off the wall is an expression. Yes. It means something crazy. So also this idiom, you don't know the day or the hour, really, I believe, is, is kind of wrapping itself around the Feast of Trumpets. It'd, oh, be, like, so it'd be like Jesus saying to him, you know, if he came to America and saying, well, I can't tell you the exact day or hour in coming, but here's what I will tell you. The weekend, everybody <laughs> will be eating turkey, which mm-hmm. goes from Thursday to Sunday. I'm That's coming. time frame. It, it, you're going to be eating turkey. That is so good, Pastor Boom. I've so never all of, Okay. So, so good. So that's what I believe is is happening here. That's very very exciting. And but but also the feast of trumpets is really in in the Old Testament the the feast of trumpet was to proclaim uh, the, up, upcoming the, celebrations the, the, and the, things like that. So it that's was what, the, it was the beginning, as you said, of the fulfillment of all three. It goes from trumpets to tabernacles. The king is coming. The kingdom is here. It's on his way. And uh, so look, I have always believed that the Lord could come at any moment, at any time, any day, any hour, and I, I still believe that. But <laughs> if he was crucified on Passover, buried on unleavened bread, rose on first fruits, and the Holy Spirit fell on Pentecost. Yeah, what are the odds? At, the odds are at least good <laughs> that once a year around the Feast of Tra- Trumpets, we should get a little bit more excited than the rest. You know, that's just what I'm saying. And so, that's how I look at it. And, and I appreciate a friend of yours and a new friend of mine, Mark Biltz. He's written many books. One of them is God's Day of Daytimer. Yes. And, and he says, you know, this is a dress rehearsal, but yes. but that trumpet blast yes. is, is, is we're beginning to hear nuances of that yes. trumpet blast now so that the big things are in the process of coming to pass. It thrills my heart beyond words, Pastor Ray. Yeah. You know, I I would say it's kind of like, you know, when you go to a concert and you're hearing they're practicing, but they haven't started yet. Yes. The, I can hear the trumpet warming up, man. It's getting ready. <laughs> okay, so the Feast of Trumpet proclaims something that's coming soon yes. to the body of Christ near you. Yes. And the next uh, celebration is really the Day of Atonement. And speaking of Day of Atonement, that is the biggie in the Old Testament. This was the pivotal time in the Old Testament where God and man intimately met with one another and the sacrificial blood on the... Uh, on the mercy seat gave the children uh well i'll use the word perfection and for a brief period of time there until they screwed up they were perfect <laughs> well they were covered they were let's say covered that, that's a better word that's what atonement means uh kafar covering their their sins were covered by the blood yes. of bulls and goats but now hebrews and the new testament tells us but we know that the blood of animals can't really pay for the sins of men yes so that's why when Jesus came, he's the ultimate atonement. He not only covered over, he, he obliterated, exactly. he cleansed, he brought his righteousness to us. The and great so exchange. It's a lot of times, incredible. my correct, and it's not an assumption, as my study tells me that when you talk about the Day of Atonement, some people call that the Day of Perfection. Yeah. And so let me, let me just throw a couple of scriptures to you, my friend. People get nervous about talking about perfection and things like that. But let's just use the word uh, full maturity. And, you know, the scripture says uh, the path of the justice is a shining light that shines more and more into the perfect day. Mm-hmm. And the scripture talks about in Ephesians about uh, uh, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers to perfect the saints for the work of the ministry yes. and things like that. That perfection is tied to yes. this time frame called the the day of atonement or at one minute. It's that yes. unification, yes, if you will, one with, him. With, with him. And we actually start living it out. Yes. Wow. And so that's, that's one of those things that's coming very soon as well, isn't it? Yes. So, you know, that atonement, that righteousness, 
comes out of our identity, our position in Christ Jesus. It's not an attainment that we, by hard effort, no. uh, you know, produce or attain to, but it's something that's given and we begin living out by faith. Exactly. And we've got a couple of minutes in this segment, and then we're going to really rock and roll into other things. But I, I want you to be aware of what we're talking about here, my friend. These, these feasts and festivals are illustrations or guideposts, if you will, or some people would say dress rehearsals up until now. We've, we've been fulfilling this dress rehearsal of the, the, the last trump, we've, uh, the, the trumpet of uh, arise and be whom you've been called to be. We've been preparing for this, uh, the fulfillment of living the resurrected life in a fuller sense than we've ever experienced before as, as an atonement or atonement, one with the Father. Those things have been, we've been looking forward to, and we're just in the process of launching into those, and these things are part of this final feast and festival that we've only experienced symbol- symbolically, that we're going to experience literally. And then the last portion of this is the uh, Feast of Tabernacles, which is the greatest in gathering of all times. My friend, pastors spend a lot of time going, well, the fields are ripe and ready for harvest. Haven't been nearly as ripe as they are now. Yes. And we're getting ready to launch into that, aren't we? Yes. So in the next 45 seconds or so, speak to this and we'll dig more deeply into the, the, in the next segment. But ladies and gentlemen, we are at the most remarkable time in all the earth. Yes. I mean, this is the hour to raise our voices, to invite our friends, our families, our neighbors, our coworkers, uh, you know, in to the harvest, into the bounty, into the blessing, into the anointing, into the calling of the king, uh, that we can be his royal family, born again, and experience the fullness of his glory within us now. Oh, Pastor Ray, we're going to talk more about this in the next segment. And my listening friend, I hope we've uh, whet your appetite because now it's time for the big old payoff. And you're going to be absolutely amazed, not only at the truths that these, uh, what we're sharing with you mean to you, but how you can apply them and help other people as well. Pastor Ray Bentley, one of the great humble guys, and he's going to giggle when I say that. And I, my friends, will be right back. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. This is Judy Ross, co-pastor of Cloud9 Worship Center. San Diego, I am declaring over you, you are the southwest gate of this nation. And through you will pour abundance and greatness and the glory of God. That's what you were created for. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K-Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. Ray Bentley and Kaz Taylor are back, and we are thrilled to share with you what God is uh, revealing across the body of Christ. Actually, this is not something in a little corner of the world that God is revealing. He's revealing it, and our eyes are just being opened, Pastor Ray. Yes. You you know, it reminds me of the time in the early New Testament when the disciples were used to Jesus walking with them in a certain way, (laughs) and all of a sudden he's gone. It's a different flavor, and all of a sudden they're downtrodden and and brokenhearted, and all of a sudden Jesus is walking with the two guys on the Emmaus Road. And he says, I'm the fulfillment of those things that I taught you about face-to-face. Now I'm going to show you the fulfillment. 
And the Bible says that, that Jesus told them that he was the fulfillment of the law and the prophets and also the Psalms. Yes. And, and when he began sharing these things, the scales fell from their eyes. Yes, and, and, I, they, and they said, my, did not our hearts burn mm. within us when he shared and opened the scriptures to us. And I think we're in a time frame right now when another aspect of that is happening. The, yes. the scriptures that we've embraced, and, and rightly so, they are near and dear to our heart. But he's saying those were just to set the stage for this one. Yeah. And uh, and I think God's in the uh, scales dropping from our eyes mode right yes. now. And so I, I want to use this segment uh, for you to kind of tie all the strings together about the feasts and festivals of the Lord, and then we'll launch into some other things, and we'll show how not only does this impact you and everything that you do or say, my friend, but when you get into this, it's going to impact everything you do or say as well. Pastor Ray? Yeah, you know, I wanted to just fill in from our last segment. We were talking a little about the Feast of Trumpets, and, you know, it's interesting that Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and the trumpet of God shall sound. Uh, the dead in Christ shall arise, which literally in Greek means stand first. I think they're there, they're going to greet us, because the Thessalonians were worried, what about all the people that have died, and if we get you know, caught up to be with the Lord, when do they get to end? And Paul goes, no, 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 they're going to be standing first, greeting you. The Lord shall descend from heaven with a shout. The voice of the archangel, the trumpet of God, the dead in Christ shall stand first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up. And that's where that word rapturos in Latin comes from. So whenever you fit that into your theology, but the rapture is when the church is caught up and we shall forever be with the Lord at that trump. I can't wait. That's what's next on God's calendar. And that's what, you know, every sincere believer has to, their heart has to just, uh, skip a beat when we think about Jesus coming back for his bride and yes. to rule and reign with his bride. I mean, th- this is why we yeah. were created in the beginning. And the question for our listeners, are you ready for that? Ooh. Because once the trumpet sounds, you can't get ready afterwards. you you got to be ready before it sounds. It says in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, uh, that we're going to hear this trumpet. So the twinkle of an eye... Um, is faster than the blink of an eye. Some people misquote this, and they go, oh, it's going to be in the blink of an eye. No, Jesus did not say in the blink of an eye. He said in the twinkle of an eye. A blink is actually longer than the twinkle of light in your eye. And they've actually estimated that a blink happens in 11 one-hundredths of a second. What? A, a blink is 11 one-hundredths of a second. A twinkle is faster than a blink. So what I'm saying is... How fast could it be that the Lord could come when he blows that trumpet? So fast that when you blink, by the time you've blinked and opened your eyes, you've already been in heaven for a little while. you got to be ready now, brother, now, sister, for the calling of the Lord. Oh, my, my, my. You know, so many times we go through eschatologically, we go through these different promises of God, and we, we are, I am have been engrossed in those things. But when you start to realize that this, we're in that time frame right now, and you know, it reminded me of the wise and the foolish virgins. Yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's a time where you just can't just depend on other people. Amen. You have to dig out your own oil. Yes. And now is a time right yes. now. It may, I don't know how far along in this request for us to be digging, our, uh, digging out our own oil, yeah. but we're in the thick of the time right now. Now's so, the time to get ready, and he's coming in a twinkle, not 
a blinkle. <laughs> Get ready, man. Come on, Kaz. Let's go. Preach it, brother. Yeah, exactly. So we've talked a little bit about the obvious clues. If you dig into Scripture, it becomes more obvious. You go, oh, these things are abstract. They're not abstract the more you get into his word. But also, God has given us patterns and types and shadows throughout his word. We just use one of the components that he uses. He uses the feasts and festivals. Yes. But that's only one of the mechanisms that he uses to communicate with us. You know, in Scripture, in Romans uh, 120, somewhere in there, it talks about uh, you, there's no excuse because he's given you these signs in in the sky and, and all these different ways that he's given these things. So the truth of the uh, the the fullness of the Godhead uh, is before you and you have no excuse. Yes. So as we look through the Old Testament in particular and look into the, the signs and seasons that God has given us, not only in the feasts and festivals, which were tied to harvest times, you know, uh, Passover was the, the feast of barley, the harvest of barley, and Pentecost was the feast of the wheat, and then the tabernacles is the harvesting of the oil and the wine or the yes. grapes and the olive. All, all these things are invaluable, but he also uses other, other yes. things. They're like, you look up in the stars, and there's the, his truths are there. Yes. You look at the signs in the stars and the patterns in the stars, yes. they're there. You yes. look at God's Hebrew months and weeks and days, they're there. Yes. So the scripture says, if we're natural and we see these things, yes. if we can just discern what they mean, yes. we're, we're, it's, we're, there's no excuse. Yeah. Well, let me uh, dovetail that. Uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 14 uh, set, God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. Now, here's what's exciting about this. Um, signs, God said the sun, moon, and stars are for signs and seasons. The word seasons is the same Hebrew word used in Leviticus for the feasts of the Lord. Literally, the, the signs of the sun, moon, and the stars are related to the feasts of the Lord. So what does that mean? Well, the, the word sign in Hebrew uh, means a signal. Now think of this, Kaz. The sun, the moon, and stars are signals, a flag, a beacon, a monument, an omen, a prodigy, evidence, a mark, a miracle, a sign, or a token. I believe that God wants us to be looking to the stars, looking to the heavens, which relate to the calendar of God, the feasts of the Lord, the divine appointments, in preparation for his coming. Yes. It is all interlaced. It's all coming together for such a time as this. Yes, yes, yes. And when I haven't had, I've had the opportunity not only to dig into the feasts and festivals, but God's months, yes. you know, and, and, and how those months not only dovetail with one another, but they are also help us understand the feasts and festivals. Yes. And the feasts and festivals also help us understand the months, but I mean, he, his calendar is remarkable. Yes. Not oh. not the Gregorian calendar. No, no, his no. Calendar, his calendar. His calendar. And his calendar literally comes from the sun and from the moon and the divine dates of the seasons or the feasts of the Lord and, and the pictures that are even in the heavens. A lot of people don't know this, but I believe that the even the 12 uh, signs or pictures in the heavens— 12 is an interesting number, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> it's not, you know, 9 or 14. It's 12— and the, Josephus, the Jewish historian, tells us that uh, the, the tradition was passed down through the Jewish people that God had given you know, a, a plan uh, to Seth of the signs in the heavens that would point to the story of redemption. Yes. And so literally for many centuries, the Jewish people looked at the 12 signs as pictures of the 12 tribes of Israel, but each one of those 12 told a story. It's a story that's told in a circle. Yes. And it begins with a virgin. And it ends with a lion. 
And this is not horoscopes and, and astrology, because that was perverted by the devil. He wanted to say the stars are about you to tell you, you know, take this job, move here. No, the stars point to God. The stars point to the gospel. The stars point to the Lord. Yes. And it is all about him. It's yes. powerful. And, you know, one of the things that we really didn't approach uh, in this uh, two-hour show so far, and I want, want to just touch on it, they not only uh, talk about the church of the Lord Jesus Christ becoming one, but it also deals with the nation of Israel uh, as well. And I know you have a real heart cry for Israel Amen. as well. So God wants to make this term one new man, not only the Gentile church working in harmony with one another, but his Hebrews as well. Yes. So it's the Jew first and also the Greek. Yes. So my friend, the, the big picture is all this is culminating during the Feast of Tabernacles. You see the United States and, and Israel have an intimate relationship, and yes. God's got to be thrilled about that. Yeah. But my friend, we have to have, as, as Gentile believers, intimate relationships growing with the Hebrews in Israel and beyond as well. Now, we're running out of time in this segment, but we're going to tie all this together in, in the last uh, segment of the hour. But I also want Pastor Ray to spend some time talking about some of the books that you have written or are in the process of writing mm-hmm. on, on one uh, that I think has other chapter, other other portions to it coming soon. Yes. But uh, want to tie all this together because, my friend, if you come to know Pastor Ray like I am coming to know him, you realize he's a personification of the things that he teaches. Mm. And the things that he teaches are the Lord Jesus Christ. And so God wants us to be as Christ, as his Christians now. So the more that we can consume in his word, the more we can be like him. We're going to talk more about that with Pastor Ray. What an honor to have you as a co-host. What a pleasure it's been. Time has flown. (laughs) It has. And we've got one more segment. And guess what? Pastor Ray and I will be right back. Yes, we will. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Uh, hard to believe that the uh, the two hours goes quickly, doesn't it, Pastor Ray? Sure does. <laughs> Ray Bentley has been my co-host for this entire two-hour show of Maranatha Chapel in Rancho Bernardo and... You know, I, I I saw him before I knew much about him. Every time I come into the studio, there's what's called the wall of faith as you enter into the <laughs> K-Praise and KCBQ studios. And on that wall, there's none other than Ray Bentley as a oh, man who has impacted San Diego County significantly, but also this radio, uh, Salem Media Group, San Diego and beyond. So mm-hmm. I'll honor you for that. So what we want to do, Pastor Ray, is uh, br- bring this all together. And also, I-, I mentioned during the other segments that because you have studied this so much, it's hard to tell you from the truths you teach <laughs> and, and because you live them. Mm. And so I want to talk a little bit about God's vision to you and through you to communicate these truths. And you have a cu- number of books, but you also do ventures into Israel. And I'm sure that there are other things that nobody's even aware of. You may not even be aware of them yourself, that God's just about ready to launch to yes. and through you. So give us an overview of that, Pastor Ray Bentley. Well, I do want to invite anybody that would like to join us. We're going to be going to Israel next year, 2019, uh, from May 1st. Uh, through the 13th, and we've got an additional three days that we're going to be going into Jordan, to Petra, Indiana Jones. You know, <laughs> it's an exciting place, but man, there's nothing like Israel. Once you go, it's like going through the looking glass. You will never read the Bible the same the rest of your life. Yes. Um, it, you will, your imagination will be baptized, as C.S. Lewis used to say. Yes. But yes, I, I wrote a book back in 2014 called The Holy Land Key. 
And, you know, in this, I, I kind of give a brief overview introduction into how the seven feasts of the Lord are fulfilled in Jesus Christ. I, at the end of the book, I also go into how the 12 signs in the heavens uh, through the stars point to the story of the gospel and are also fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And I tell some interesting stories about people I've met. I actually met a guy, a very prophetic man named Robert Mawiri, who had two words of prophecy for Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, both of which have come true, and is why I know and believe we are living in the last days. So anyway, that's all in the The Holy Holy Land Key. Key. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, whatever. And then I just have a brand new book, and this is a little bit different one. It's called On the Mountain of the Lord, uh, co-written with myself and Bodhi Taney and her husband, Brock Taney. Now, Bodhi and Brock are well-known. They have written 70 uh, historic novels, and they've sold some 35 million copies, the Zion Chronicles and all of that. And providentially, Kaz, the Lord brought me together to meet them, and I had this idea that I wanted to write a novel. Uh, And the reason for that is I was getting ready to write another prophecy book like The Holy Land Key Part 2. My son-in-law goes, oh, okay, that's cool. But it was kind of like he wasn't... I go, well, you don't sound excited. And he goes, well, he goes, look, I'll read it because I'm your son-in-law. <laughs> he goes, but my generation, the millennials, they're not going to read it. I go, why not? It's, it's so cool, you know? And he goes, well, he goes, look, this is how millennials look at this whole thing. They, they see Israel as a modern country with this big, sophisticated army that has nuclear weapons. They look at the Palestinians, poor, uh, throwing sticks and stones. That's not fair. And, and I go, and that's all they do to think about? It? And he goes, yeah. He goes, they don't go any deeper. They didn't grow up with prophecy-like generation. They didn't go through the Six-Day War, uh, you know, and, and all of the you know, sermons and stuff. He goes, why don't you write a fiction and not tell them what's happening, but kind of bring them yep. along, bring them in a yes. story. As guests. As, as a, guests. Yes, exactly. So that's what this new book is. Um, it just came out in, in uh, August. And I think people are going to absolutely love it. It's called On the Mountain of the Lord, and it's a young guy. He's 32 years old. His name is Jack Garrison. He's had a tragedy in his life, and he basically doesn't believe in God anymore. He's like, you know, he, he's had a tr- real personal tragedy. He goes, if there's a God of love, where was he, and how come he didn't do this? So he doesn't believe in God anymore, but he is involved in the Middle East and, and pr- you know, making proposals for peace. But he goes, look, I don't believe in old men in beards, walking through the desert thousands of years ago, having modern answers to solve modern problems. That's nonsense. And he is faced with a surprise. And my friend, I'm not going to give away the surprise, but my friend, he, he, uh, Pastor Ray uh, walks you through this. I was engrossed in reading this thing, but I noticed at the top of your cover, it says the Elijah Chronicles, which implies that there's more coming. There, so uh, yes. you set the stage, didn't you? Set the hook. Yes, this is the beginning of a brand new series with uh, Bodie Taney and Brock Taney and myself, you know, kind of like Tim LaHaye and Jerry Jenkins got together, kind of the prophecy side, the storytelling side, and merged. This is kind of our version of that for such a time as this. And people love this thing. I mean, you know, I want them to read it. it, You can get it on uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever. They'll send it to you within a couple of days, and I'm telling you, you're going to love it. Kaz, what did you think? It was remarkable, but here's the thing, my friend. A lot of us, I'm kind of immersed in... Theology, but if you are a young millennial and you don't really care for all the 
different theological things, but you want to get the story. In fact, it reminds me of what Jesus did. He talked in, yes, in he parables told stories. and stories and things like that, and it engrossed the people so that they could dig further. Yes. That's what this is. This yes. is a parable that illustrates truths, and once you that your eyes start opening and going, oh, this really is in the Bible, it forces you. It yes. forces you to dig into Scripture, and I love that because it's, it's so apropos, so now. Yeah, and, and so I, I want to say to people, you know, that maybe are kind of from that generation that grew up with prophecy, if you've got a young person, a son or a niece or a nephew, and you, you're excited about the prophecy and stuff, but they're not, and you're going, how do I get a message to them? This would be the great thing to do, yes. uh, to order on the mountain of the Lord. They go on a journey with a young guy, Jack Garrison, 32 years old. At, from the beginning to the end, his eyes get peeled open wide. He's like, oh, my gosh, it's all happening now. That's You're going right. to love it. And what I really love is you you take Scripture uh, and you have Jack relive scripture yes. and he has just enough nuances to go yeah i kind of vaguely remember that yeah. and all of a sudden his eyes are opened yes. and you have given some other characters in in this book the opportunity to be help him open his eyes yes. it's remarkable now how can people find out more about on the mountain of the lord you know they can go like i said on the mountain of the lord ray bentley Bodhitani, uh amazon barnes and noble uh if you actually if you want to come to maranatha chapel get it even cheaper than on Amazon, you know, save a buck and a half. But anyway, uh, it's great, and I hope that people will will get a copy. They're going to love it. I love it. Ray Bentley, would you spend a moment or two telling people a little bit more about how they can find out, not only yes. about Maranatha Chapel, but what God's doing to you and through you? There's some yes. websites, but also there's a church in Rancho Bernardo yes. called Maranatha yeah. Chapel. Hey, I want to invite everybody in San Diego to come by for a visit. Even if you got a home church, that's awesome, but I'd love to see you meet you, especially those who listen to this, and it stirred something in you. Uh, we're in Rancho Bernardo. You can look us up, and uh, we also have a website, maranathachapel.org. Just look up Maranatha Chapel. You can go online. And I wanted to say, I have an app. <laughs> Kaz, I, I got an app. And all they got to do is go to the app I'm and I'm going to take an app right after this show. And, I'm and, kidding. And just put in Ray Bentley, B-E-N-T-L-E-Y, and the app will come up, and that's got all my sermons and stuff like that. It's free. You can listen to it. You can visit, you know, and, and hear a message. And even the Feast of the Trumpets, we just had that. You can listen to the message yep. on, the, on the app. So Ray Bentley or MaranathaChapel.org. Uh, all of those are available. Yes. And come to the church. Yes. Love to meet you. And come up and say hi if you do. Yes, yes. And let me, now, we've got about a minute or so left in this last segment, so I'm going to put it on you as a co-host. Yes. I want you to proclaim the things we've taught, proclaim them as coming to pass, in not, not only in the lives of the individuals that have listened, but into this county, into the state, into this okay. nation, and this world. So take about a minute to give me that proclamation as we close this show. Ray Bentley. All right. Well, listen, uh, Kaz and I are both here, and the reason we're so excited and on fire is that we believe that we are living in a time of convergence. Mm -hmm. Everything that's been prophesied, everything that's happening in the world, especially Israel, it, it is not a coincidence. We're right now at the 70th anniversary of Israel, the parable of the fig tree. So I'm telling you, it's all happening. It's all coming together. There's going to be some big, big, big changes in the world, in the near future, even in the United States, 
Jesus is coming soon. Wake <laughs> up, look up. His kingdom is on its way. Get on board and get with the Spirit. Be part of this last great harvest. That's right, Pastor Ray Bentley. Be part of it, my listening friend. You're not on a passenger seat where you're just observing. God wants you to be intimately involved because you were built for such a time as this. Amen. Ray Bentley, Kaz Taylor, come together, San Diego. More next week, but thank you for joining my my friend. My pleasure, Kaz. It's been wonderful. Uh-huh. I love it. Let's do it again. Okay, my friend. God bless you all and talk to you again next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining Kaz Taylor and his many friends, including you, for Come Together San Diego. Join us again next week as we explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within this county and beyond on Come Together San Diego. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a co-worker, and then let's all come together San Diego next Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.